Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regler. And this show still has no name. <laughs> We're like the unnamed Lakers podcast show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe we just go by untitled for, for here on out or something like that. Yeah, untitled with Alex and Alex. <laughs> unnamed. Yeah, it's it's uh we I saw you throw it out there and I did see a couple of um of people with their suggestions for a show name here. Mm-hmm. Um so I just think starting off today's podcast, now that people will listen to it, tweet at us at AlexPadilla eighty six and at Alex M Regla and that way we can see if we can figure this out. Actually get a a show name going. Yeah, that'd be nice. Like, it'd be cool to get some like a, like a brand recognition here or something, where we have our own name out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, tweet at us. See, you know, looking forward to see what you guys can throw out there, and because we don't have any ideas, like we've we, been kind of stuck. <laughs> we suck. We suck at yeah. coming up with names. Hopefully, this podcast is better than the names we've come up with. But um, we are in the middle of the off season, Alex. It's one of those times of the year where there's not a lot happening. Uh, I think if you go on silverscreenandroll.com, the website that you write for and that hosts this podcast, you'll see a lot of news about Kyle Kuzma because he's the only one really playing basketball right now. Uh, He's going to be part of this Team USA for the FIBA World Cup. So I'll keep an eye on that once the games get going. Um, I I did see a group picture of the entire Team USA and that coaching staff that he is getting to work with is very impressive. So that's one thing that I really do love about Kyle Kuzma. We talked about it when we profiled him um, was the coaching staff working with Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr and Jay Wright, like just the names that are there, the guys that he's learning from. uh, It's going to be a tremendous asset for Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. And he just kind of came out and said that, you know, Greg Popovich is his favorite coach ever. And, you know, I mean, I think for a lot of these young players who are over there playing for team USA and get the chance to, play under pop and this coaching staff and with these great players it's just a you know a win-win situation for them where they can represent their country and also kind of hone their skills and and help develop and get ready for this next season and i i mean we've always seen kind of quick you know little five second videos of something but kuz's shot continues to look better like from the little tidbits we get so that's definitely encouraging i hope you know looking forward to watch like a full game of him and his new shot and see how that looks and how it kind of translates on the floor. But yeah, yeah I'm I mean, not even I th- too concerned how much, like how many minutes he gets during this world cup. Mm-hmm. I just like the preparation and the, and the coaching that he's getting that to me, that's the most important thing. Oh, definitely. And, and I think you kind of touched on it when we previewed him uh, earlier in this uh, series, but that uh, he hasn't really played in these high leverage games before. And mm-hmm. this is a good opportunity for him to kind of feel that pressure and kind of play up to that pressure. So I, I'm I'm glad he's participating in this and should be a good experience for him. So if you work in the entertainment industry, like in television or radio, or if you're a podcaster like like ourselves, uh, and it's the dead, dead, dead season of the NBA offseason, what do you do to create content and create a stir and create some controversy or just to get people talking? Well, you make lists, Alex. That's what that's what this industry does. Uh, I actually saw today a guy that I follow on Twitter named Jimmy Trena, who works for Sports Illustrated. He was kind of making fun of it. He released a list of 100 media personalities, unranked, with no background, nothing. <laughs> he just put a list out. 
and his replies have been hilarious. So NBA.com kind of took a page out of that, and they released their all-decade teams. So have you seen these lists yet? No, no. Okay, so I, I've Twitter, seen people on Twitter talk about it and get upset about it, but I haven't right. seen who's on the list or who's not on the list. Max no. Kellerman, once again, uh, from first take on ESPN, is getting absolutely buried because of his <laughs> takes of what he said today about these NBA all-decade team. So the all-decade team, let me just get your initial reaction. Okay. I'm gonna, they, they three teams. So third team, second team, first team. Let me start with the third team. Okay, and okay. I just want to get your initial reaction. This is all decade, so you know, 2010 to present. Sure. You got Giannis, Lamarcus Aldridge, Paul George, Dwayne Wade, and Kobe Bryant. Uh, is did you not name LeBron there? Is well, this LeBron... is the third team. Oh, the third team. I this see. Okay. Oh, team. oh. So Kobe's on the third. Kobe's team on the third that, team. Oh, so I get why people are upset on my timeline. Then okay. <laughs> right. So you got Lamarcus Aldridge, Dwayne Wade, Giannis, Paul George, and Kobe Bryant on the all-decade third team. So you may not understand the outrage yet because let me continue going. Okay. The NBA's all-decade second team. This one to me is a bit of a head scratcher, but maybe not to others. Chris Paul, Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, cool. and Blake Griffin. Uh, I mean, before we go further, is there a criteria this uh, NBA site kind of gave on how they came up with these uh, results, or did they just kind of – It was says, it a poll? What was it? it? We've selected our own all-decade all team. Fifteen players were chosen by a panel of NBA.com uh, and NBA TV producers and analysts. The players were split into three teams consisting of two backcourt players and three frontcourt players. Okay. That is so. it. So the all-decade second team, Chris Paul, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin. And here is, according to NBA.com, your all-decade first team. Now, I don't think there's a lot of issues here, but I'll just say it anyway. So it's Steph Curry, mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and LeBron James. Okay. Uh, I mean, initially, like, I, I'm just shocked with that, that sec. I, I don't like these kind of lists to begin with. Like, I think they just, like, like you mentioned, it's a, it's a slow part of the season, the summer, and people need to kind of create content and kind of stir people up and get clicks and stuff like that. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I, I get why some people are upset or kind of confused with these results, like Carmelo and Westbrook over a guy like Kobe, and, you know, those guys have kind of struggled to do anything I mean, in the how playoffs. About, how about James Harden being on the first team? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it sounds it's pretty like funny, just, too, because it, on their actual, like, article, they, they list all-stars, all-NBAs, and they only put offensive stats. So I guess they kind of that's okay. their workaround for James sure. Harden, you know, because it doesn't look terrible. It's 24.3 points per game, five rebounds, six assists. That's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, I just I'm not like I said, I don't think either of us are the type of, of people that are going to get outraged over lists, especially when it's, you know, we kind of get it of what what the NBA dot com mm -hmm. is doing here. But yeah, I mean, it, it, today, Max Kellerman on ESPN said, uh, Kobe should make the all NBA worst team. Whoa. No. And I was like, okay, there's something personal that didn't Max Kellerman work in LA on the Lakers radio station for a very long time. He did on yeah, during Kobe's, yeah. during Kobe's uh, like heyday probably too. So 
just really interesting for me. Like I know Kobe only played six years this decade, and two of those, you know, his final season and his Achilles season weren't very great. But he's still, you know, it's Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? So. Anyways, that's today's top story, Alex. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're here this week, though. We're continuing the profile. Uh, players, coaches, staff members, that's what we're doing uh, here on silverscreenandroll.com. By the way, if you are just running into this podcast, you can just check us out on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Basically, if there is a podcast service, you can find this podcast there. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Thank you to everybody that already has. Um me and you, uh, I believe it was last week, we got to profile Alex Caruso because we both like Alex Caruso. We like his potential as a point guard for the Lakers. We like the flashes that he showed last season, especially at the end when he actually got some real minutes. Uh, so we decided to kind of keep the point guard thing going, and hopefully next week we can finish it off with the trio of point guards. But this week we focus on Rajon Rondo. And um, I think both of us were a little shocked at the fact that the Lakers decided to bring him back, not only on a one-year deal, but a two-year deal. So that's where I want to start with you, Alex, is why did the Lakers sign Rajon Rondo to a two-year deal? I mean, I, I think a lot of Laker fans kind of asked themselves that when they saw the, I think Ramona uh, tweeted that out when Rondo was returning. And yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of fans were kind of done with the Rondo experiment, but he's got the experience with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins and now playing with LeBron and I think from all the accounts and all the reports we've got I mean it seems like the locker room liked Rondo and it seems like he he was like well respected in the locker room and I just I I believe those are probably the only real variables that came into play because I think on court wise I don't know how much he really has left to offer and kind of a starting caliber Uh, I I think he's more of a kind of I don't know, locker room presence, even though that's not his uh, MO in his career. He's kind of had some ups and downs in that, in that, uh, in that type of role. But I don't know. I mean, it sounds like DeMarcus and Anthony Davis really wanted Rondo back on this team and they liked playing with him in new Orleans. And I think that, and the Lakers really needed point guard help with Lonzo out. So I think think that whole locker room dynamic thing that you were talking about, that kind of was more, in my opinion, that was more direct, more impactful last season when you had such a young team yeah when your core players were so young this year when you have lebron boogie anthony danny green you know like and you don't really have too many young guys that are going to be playing significant minutes i mean you have jared dudley you have a lot you know players that are there that are probably more known for their locker room leadership um so i i just don't understand that portion of it um, and then, yeah, like if what we've seen on the on the court, you know, 77th worst point guard defensively last season, um, you know, only played 46 games. Uh, he did average eight assists a game, which is great. Uh, well, pretty good. Um, and he, he was the Lakers. I think he was the Lakers like second best three point shooter somehow last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there I guess there's a couple positives as far as on court. But um, off air, we talked about like, you know, that you think I think. I'm probably a little higher on him than you. So why do you think, or like, how do you see Rondo's season playing out as far as on the court contributions go? I, I think he, I think last year he did do a well, like a pretty good job in shooting, you know, the three point, you know, the three pointer. And I think you kind of mentioned right there, his, his counting stats and his assist and his ability to kind of make those open shots when he got him. But I just think 
even though that that's where these kind of these counting stance at three point percentages can kind of be misleading because a lot of defenses don't really you know they're not scared if Rondo shoots a wide open three they're not going to close out hard on them they're going to leave him open I think there was a game earlier in the season against Milwaukee where in that first quarter they just left him completely open and kind of messed up the Lakers half court offense and I, I'm just a little worried that that's going to continue but I think on you know thankfully they now have shooters around Rondo and around LeBron where Rondo's not going to be the guy getting these kind of the bulk of these three-point attempts it's going to be a guy like Danny Green and Jared Dudley and other guys like that so I, I think Rondo may be in a better situation now than he was last season where there are more vets in the locker room. He doesn't kind of have to interact with these young guys or kind of split time with Lonzo. And I just, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of what he has to offer at this stage of his career. I don't, I don't think his, def, you know, you mentioned his defensive metrics earlier and he's just really poor on that end and doesn't really give as much effort as you'd like to see. So I think if he kind of just accepts a, a minor role and kind of, plays within himself and doesn't try to kind of hunt for these assists. And I think he, he'll be fine. I think it's just a matter of what he what he expects of himself this season and what kind of role he expects to take on. And uh, I think he'll be okay. What about you? Do you think he's going to kind of embrace a, a point guard role where there's other guys, you know, battling for minutes? Or is he going to expect to be the starter from day one? Well, I think the Lakers already answered that for us when they said LeBron James, or the reports say that LeBron James is going to be starting point guard uh, opening day, which I found very interesting. So it's like you make that announcement, you sign Quinn Cook, you re-sign Caruso. Yeah. Like, so why are we even bringing Rondo back? Exactly, yeah. So you're not bringing Caruso on a two-way deal. You actually paid him some money. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Obviously... Uh, Rondo, I think he made eight or nine million dollars last year, and now he's back for the veteran minimum. So that tells me he probably didn't have a lot of options himself either outside of the Lakers organization. Um, but I think you kind of brought up why I think the Lakers did bring him back is because I think Boogie and Anthony Davis wanted him back. Boogie was Rondo's teammate in Sacramento for a year, and then all three of them were teammates in the 2017-2018 season. Uh, that year is the year that Cousins tore his Achilles, but before that, they were 27 and 21, and they finished the year going 21 and 13, uh, winning a playoff series and then losing in the Western Conference uh, semifinals. So, they there is history there, um, yeah. but I don't see Rondo getting that many minutes now. Last week, I did say that I do predict Rondo to get the majority of the backup minutes to start the season. I think uh, there has been so much roster turnover that having a veteran like him be your backup point guard is probably a smart thing to do, even if it's not like the best basketball that we're going to get out of this team in the long run. I do think to start the season, if LeBron James is going to start, having Rondo kind of come in with a weaker second unit may not be such a bad idea, in my opinion, just because I don't know. I don't really know what to expect from this new look Lakers. It's going to be a whole new system. Uh, three-point shots going to be emphasized under Frank Vogel. I think we all kind of see that coming, especially the way they they manufactured this roster. So, I, I mean, yeah, how much say did Boogie and, and Anthony Davis have in it? Probably a lot because the other corresponding moves don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if Rondo does accept that, you know, that bench role where he's kind of maybe the first point guard off the bench for LeBron or maybe the second point guard or something like that, then it'll be interesting to see what kind of dynamic he offers a bench unit because we didn't really see how much 
he can kind of run a bench with the Lakers last year because he started quite a bit and because Lonzo is kind of dealing with injuries and LeBron dealt with injuries and they didn't really have any other lead kind of creators on the team but Rondo. So it'd be kind of interesting to see what Rondo does with the second unit with a guy like Kuz and, I don't know, Jared Dudley or Quinn Cook beside him. Because in, in New Orleans, they actually had a pretty, you know, high-tempo offense with Rondo and AD once Boogie went down. So it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of add that transition element back to this team because without Lonzo, without Ingram, and a lot of the young guys on the team, they, the Lakers probably are not going to push the ball as often as they did last year. So maybe Rondo can at least kind of help in that regard where he can kind of grab and go or kind of push the ball up court and as soon as possible. So, I mean, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he kind of embraces this role at this stage of his career or if he doesn't and he kind of expects to be the same old Rondo or the same old guy who dribbles the ball a ton and then kind of searches for these assists instead of kind of making the right play. So I, I don't know. I think a lot of it depends on how he views himself at this stage of his career. Do you think Rondo is too much of a defensive liability to get those backup minutes? I I mean uh, I mean he, he was pretty bad last year. He I was, mean uh, yeah he was. I I really like I mean if it was between like he or, or a guy like Caruso I mean I prefer Caruso just because he kind of you know kind of gives a damn on that end and at this stage Rondo kind of would rather kind of preserve his body and his energy for the offensive side of the floor kind of like LeBron does so I, I mean I don't Do think, think he's a I don't know. Yeah, I don't because it's 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 difficult to say. I mean, one on one, yes, he's too much of a defensive liability, I think. But it's also who you pair him with, the other four guys you pair him with on the court, that's going to make a difference as well. Um, I don't know if this uh, this is probably obviously just pure speculation on my part, but I don't think the Lakers felt comfortable starting the season with like even with saying Alex Caruso is our starting point guard. Um, that may happen. Honestly, I do think that may happen later in the season. Mm-hmm. But as far as like looks wise go, I don't think the Lakers organization was ready to name Alex Caruso the starter or even Quinn Cook the starter, which is why they brought Rondo back. I think as far as an aesthetics look go, like that's probably better. And I don't know if that's just stupid speculation on my part, but I just have this feeling that, you know, there's so much perception going around this Lakers front office that it was incompetent earlier on in the offseason and during all, all of last year with the whole magic debacle so i feel that looks and perception mattered to them and them starting the season with caruso or quinn cook as their starting point guard isn't necessarily the best look Mm -hmm. especially when you're when you were planning on you know when you got anthony davis and you were going for Kawhi leonard and then to settle and then you're like okay well we didn't get that but now we got Caruso starting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. Yeah. I know to us that watch the Lakers day in and day out and watch all 82 games, we know that that, or we think that Alex Caruso can be that guy. We we know that Quinn Cook has played significant minutes in championship in the NBA Finals. But I just think there's some a perception there, which is why I say I think Rondo's going to get a lot of minutes early on. I think that's a good. I think that's actually a really good point. Like Rondo still does carry a lot of name value even though his actual play on the court isn't as good as it used to be. But his name still carries a lot more weight around the league than a guy like Caruso, who's, you know, spent the majority of his career in, in the G League. So I think the Lakers of, of any team, and like you mentioned, the front office still trying to kind of prove its worth, that they kind of would prefer having a name value guy out there, proven guy out there in point guard than a guy who's still kind of uncertain like a guy like Caruso or even a guy like Quinn Cook who hasn't really had to be a starting point guard and kind of just 
has a really like defined role with Golden State where he just catches and shoots and kind of buys Steph Curry a few minutes here and there every game. So, I, I, I mean, I think this is kind of not to the extent like a guy like Carmelo Anthony, but there is name value versus actual production. And I think Rondo is kind of, at this point of his career, is kind of charting towards, you know, just having more of that name value over what he can actually provide on the floor. Yeah, but for, sure. for the Lakers, I think that that matters at this point. Like you said, they lost out on Kawhi, and they think they want to show, hey, we still have a lot of these kind of star players, even though they're not really stars anymore. Yeah, I think that was a big, I do really think that's a big, uh, point is that they wanted to show that they could still create a star lineup which obviously with the names that they acquired that's definitely all pretty big name recognition so yeah um so alex let me ask you this we we asked this question for kyle kuzma and i'll ask this qu- same question for rajon rondo what is a successful season for rajon rondo i think a successful season is just him accepting a role I'm not sure what that role is. I'm not sure if the Lakers kind of, when they signed him, told him like, "Hey, you you're going to be our starter," or "Hey, you're going to you know share minutes with LeBron at point guard." I don't know what I don't know what they discussed beforehand, but I think if he just kind of understands where he's currently at at this stage of his career and what he can offer this team, if it's you know making an occasional open three or just kind of moving the ball or kind of setting up the offense when things get stagnant, I think. That that'll be a success as long as he's not horrendous on defense and he actually kind of tries here and there. I I think my expectations are just kind of low when it comes to Rondo, where any kind of positive he does provide will be a success for me. Like I I know I'm kind of lower on him than you are, but what what would be a successful season for you in terms of Rondo? Would it be kind of outperforming these types of things, or what exactly are you looking for? I think I'm going to give you a cop out answer. Because if Rajon Rondo has a successful season, that means that like Caruso didn't really get an opportunity, in my opinion. Mm. So if Rondo is succeeding on the court, it probably means that the Lakers are succeeding on the court. But that also means that like it didn't pan out for Caruso, which I don't see happening. I'll just say that, first of all. Yeah. I do think I'm kind of with you. I, I, I keep saying it because I truly believe that the Lakers are counting on Rondo to start the season. So if the Lakers start better than they did last year, um, you know, with a winning record through the first two months of the, of the season. And Rondo's kind of the backup guy controlling the, the point guard position, which, by the way, I do think is the weakest position that the Lakers have right now, um, just because there's so much uncertainty there. I think that's a successful season, even if he doesn't pan out. If he only plays 45 games again and, and, and he gets hurt a lot or whatever, or suspended for fighting Chris Paul again, whatever it is. <laughs> Um, I do think that if he can buckle down that second unit to start the season and get the Lakers off to a smooth start, then Frank Vogel will probably be a little bit more comfortable experimenting more with the lineups because there's less pressure. I think that Frank Vogel will probably give Caruso and Cook more minutes if the Lakers, you know, start well because they found a formula. Um, if the Lakers like start terribly and, you know, Caruso and Cook aren't getting minutes, like, I don't know what the what they're going to do. I don't know if that like means that then Vogel gives them minutes. Like, all right, we got to change something up, or if that puts more pressure on him to start all these veterans again. So, I think if he can come in and lock down that second unit in early on in the first two three months of the season, I think that's a successful season for Rondo. I don't yeah, know if that I, makes sense, but in my head, it makes sense. No, no it does. <laughs> and I, I think uh, I mean even going back to a year ago when they first signed Rondo, I think a lot of the 
the value in getting him, you know, when Magic was around, was saying how proven he's been in the playoffs. And it'll be actually kind of interesting to see how Rondo performs in the playoffs because that's kind of where he's kind of earned this reputation, this playoff Rondo kind of kind of nickname. And I think maybe he kind of does pre- preserve himself in the regular season because we saw with New Orleans, he, kind of, he played really well against Portland. It was a big reason they played well against that team. So if Rondo kind of can show that he has this extra gear and kind of could help them in the playoffs more so than the regular season, that'll, that'll be a big win too for this team. Yeah, and, and we know in the playoffs your your rotation shrinks. It goes It's shorter. And right now the Lakers probably have, honestly, they probably have 12 guys that could get minutes. And that's if you include, you know, include the, the three point guards with Quinn Cook and Caruso. And that's not even talking about the rookie, Troy Daniels, Zach Norvell Jr., you know, Costas, whatever happens with him. So they're going to have to figure out a rotation kind of early on. And that's why I think Rondo will be so valuable because he is more experienced in that because I think it'll be changing because there are so many guys on the team this year. Uh, you know, they're not going to be playing 14 guys a night. That's for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how the early, the early first couple regular season games happen for the Lakers. So say, say LeBron is the starting point guard come regular season and a guy like Caruso outperforms uh, Rondo in training camp or, or say Rondo struggles early on and Caruso kind of surpasses him on the, on the depth chart. Do you think Rondo would be okay with taking a, a backseat to LeBron Caruso and even a guy like Quinn Cook. What if, what if he's kind of just like a end of the bench guy? Do you think Rondo would accept that role? I don't think that it really matters if he accepts that role because he's not like one of the main guys anymore. You know, it's it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Boogie. I think are the main guys. Just whether whatever Boogie we get, I still think those are like the main guys on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that's another interesting position battle that that's probably that would concern me more about the role be javel versus boogie like who's gonna be you know javel really performed well once he got over his sickness and and boogie's kind of coming back so we don't know what we're gonna get so to me that's a more important question for them too as far as rondo goes i don't think he's gonna have a choice if he's not performing well that's he's not 23 anymore you know he's 33 and we're like okay well if you're not performing anymore we know why is you're just in decline so i think that you just kind of got to move on and that's probably why they got two other point guards in case that does happen. That's oh, yeah. why the two-year thing doesn't make sense to me. Like, it, it just does not make any sense to me why they gave him two years. I can I understand if they wanted to bring him back for one because Boogie and, and Anthony asked for it, but to bring him back on a two, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I, I, I was kind of shocked by that second year also. And then I think because he has a second year, he actually kind of has a built-in no-trade clause now also. So even if they kind of this situation kind of got sour or something they wouldn't be able to trade him either so i don't i mean i would kind of prefer they would not have a game that second year but maybe by that point he's more of like assistant coach player than an actual player where he kind of is just helping on the bench or in, during practices and scrimmages and not really being a kind of key contributor anymore but like you mentioned like where it doesn't really matter what he thinks I, it is kind of we still don't really know how Rondo views himself at this stage of his career like if we don't know if he actually thinks he's a guy who can should play all 48 minutes or if he's a guy who's like, yeah, like let the young guy play in front of me. Like he's earned it. We don't really know where he's at in terms of that mindset so far. That will be interesting early on to see, because I do think that Caruso is probably more of a gym, a better looking like gym guy than Rondo is, you know, like during practice, Caruso probably will outperform Rondo in practices and in the preseason. So that'll be interesting to see if Vogel really does give, 
Caruso or Cook a chance over Rondo. I mean, I'm assuming that it's going to be Rondo early on, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen because you really never know in the preseason. So, um, you know, I think for a lot of Laker fans, they do hope that Caruso outperforms everybody and he gets a bulk of the minutes, right? Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And it'll be interesting to see if Vogel actually can kind of do that and kind of show he can kind of throw his weight around and say, hey, you know what, Rondo, I, I know you're, you know, you're a former all-star and former great player, but Alex Caruso is just, Alex Caruso is just better than you right now, and we're yeah. going to play him more. It'll be interesting if Vogel kind of can show he can do that and control the locker room at the same time. He's got a lot of personalities he has to manage this year. Yeah, he does. And they're not as outlandish as last year's you know, meme team, but uh-huh. he does have a lot of personalities in that locker room he's going to have to manage for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, you know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for fine or fine. That's right. The game, segment. the game where we, I read Irvin Magic Johnson tweets and determine whether he would be fine or get fined if he was still the Lakers president of basketball operations. And the only reason that we play this game is because he said it himself. I want to tweet more without restrictions. So <laughs> this is why he quit on you guys, Laker fans. So this week, uh, Magic Johnson is like vacationing in the Mediterranean. With LL Cool J and Rodney Pete and a bunch of other people. Um, it's his yearly summer excursion. I believe he lives on a boat for uh, six weeks a year. Uh, and when I mean boat, I don't mean like this little rickety boat. It's probably yeah. the size of most mansions. So he's doing just fine. Uh, but he did take the time to tweet about basketball. So I have a couple tweets here. They kind of go hand in hand, so it might be a little longer than normal. But here is the first one. Alex M. Regla, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, August 2nd from Magic Johnson, at Magic Johnson. Laker Nation, I can tell you firsthand that LeBron James is committed to bringing a championship back to L.A. He promised the people of Ohio he would bring a championship to Cleveland, and he accomplished his mission. So, okay, so I forget exactly how this game works. Is he an actual... Right, president so of basketball he is for still any the, team. He's still the Lakers, Lakers president. Ah. right. So I think this one he's fine. Oh, he is fine. Yeah, I mean, right. if it's his own player and he has discussions with them, obviously he's totally okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, fine. that one's fine. And then he continues though, all on the same day. I don't know what. I it, let's just I'm gonna read them and then we'll go through. I'll uh, go August second. It isn't fun playing with any great player if we don't win the championship. It takes a lot of hard work, pain, and suffering. The greatest coach in NBA history, Pat Riley told our Showtime Lakers we would never enjoy what we accomplished until we retired. He was right. I so he mentioned another front office executive. Is yeah. that finable? <laughs> uh, no, I think he's fine. As long as it's not a player or someone specific, like a coach or a player, I, I think he's okay. okay. I think there, there's enough history between yeah. those two where I don't think anyone's going to so raise any eyebrows. So far, so good. So yeah, far, so, far so good. So far, he still could he could have like not quit and still been fine mm-hmm. so far. Okay, here we go. Two, these two are together. Uh, also on August 2nd, it's hard getting to a championship in any league or level harder to win the championship. And you can't imagine the difficulty of maintaining that level of excellence. We've seen it recently from teams like the Patriots, Warriors, Clemson, Alabama, Duke, UConn, women's basketball, and MSU, just to name a few. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, this tweet's pretty boring and kind of cliche, but it's fine. Like he's not talking to anyone about anyone specific. So it sounds like he, it sounds like he's learning his lesson, or he's learned his lesson since leaving the Lakers, where he's not kind of putting his foot in his mouth. But this seems fine to me, also. 
Yeah, I think he's pretty good on that. And the rest of the tweets have been Instagram posts. None of them related oh. to the NBA. But there was one funny one. Uh, Magic Johnson in Italy said, uh, It's so amazing when a fan thinks that much of me to get a tattoo of a quote from my book, 32 Ways to Be a Champion in Business. And <laughs> he took a picture with a gentleman who wrote this t- or put this tattoo under his right nipple. Very weird spot for it. And the quotes, wait, I clicked out of it. Hold on one second. There it is. Here's the quote. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is not, a f- I mean, the guy who got this tattoo should probably be fined. Yes. Like, I don't, <laughs> yes. like that's a also pretty, because he missed yeah. on others. He didn't put the S. He just oh, put no. other. Yeah. There's a typo in There's there a too. Typo in there. Oh yeah. no! Yeah. Some people oh, want it gosh. to happen. Some wish it would happen. Other make it happen. So not others. Wow. Oh brother. Oh man. At least you know he's got that on him forever, and he had that picture with Magic forever. And <laughs> I, I saw the picture. It's pretty. Every time Magic smiles and kind of, I don't know why, but it cracks me up. He just seems kind of oblivious to a lot of things and kind of just lives in his own world. And he really did kind of just quit his job to tweet, which is like everyone's dream really so he's just kind of living the dream out there yeah it's really interesting uh because well this is not really interesting right now magic's pretty boring tweeting right now but once the nba season it gets going we're gonna love this game i promise you because i played it during the season uh fine or fine and uh like during the playoffs he would be fined a lot of money for mm-hmm. sure uh another little thing that's happening right now before we get out of here i'm sure you'll read more about it later on as the day goes did you read about this ncaa rule change changing the criteria for agents no 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 what happened so ncaa is changing the criteria rules for nba agents which would exclude rich paul from being eligible to uh represent kids that might come back so um the rules would require a bachelor's degree at least three years of mbpa certification and an in-person exam at ncaa headquarters in indianapolis so I don't think Rich Paul has a bachelor's degree, and that's why he would get disqualified. So now, like, you know, LeBron's tweeting about it. I, I just saw LeBron tweet the Rich Paul rule. Yeah, the Rich Paul yeah. rule. And uh, uh, he said, can't stop, won't stop. They big, mad, and scared. Nothing will stop this movement and culture over here. Sorry, not sorry. So I think uh, here on SilverScreenAndRoll.com, you'll probably read a little bit more about it in detail about the actual rule. But uh, that's always interesting to me that, you know, the NCAA makes so many rules against their players. And yeah. no, and for me, in my opinion, never rules for their players. It's just like, how can we control our players even more? And that's what the NCAA, NCAA loves doing. So I just really wish they would get rid of that. I have to go to class for six months. No, yeah. And, and, uh, I, and I know a lot of people, and I know this may not have been solely because of Rich Paul, but I, I know a lot of people don't like how rich paul kind of handles his business or what he's kind of about but if anything rich paul of anything you know he's done more than anything he's kind of given back this kind of player freedom kind of independence to these guys and where they can kind of make their own business and their own decisions with their money and kind of earn what they deserve so i mean i think rich paul kind of rubs people the wrong way but at the end of the day he's kind of providing these players with opportunities that they kind of weren't getting elsewhere and you know in the ncaa you would kind of hope that they would kind of prep these guys for this next stage of their lives and kind of prepare them for these business opportunities and kind of financial matters. But it, they just feel exploited there and kind of 
taken advantage of with these because they get these high ratings and everything but these college athletes don't get paid they don't you know and they're kind of adding all these extra restrictions now with this agent stuff so yeah it's just kind of it's kind of sucks for these guys yeah we can't even get ncaa video games anymore i know and those games used to be really good yeah, those NCAA, NCAA, football ncaa football, games, football game was amazing i even played the ncaa baseball game which i thought was great mm-hmm. uh so yeah we can't get those anymore so thanks ncaa well alex uh thanks again for this week uh the profile series will continue on silverscreenandroll.com we'll see who we get next week we don't sign up that far in advance but i'm hoping we'll get quinn cook that would just wrap up the point guard thing for us you know it's interesting no one's done lebron james yet i saw that i was kind of i was like maybe someone has like a special like feature coming up or they got exclusive quotes or an interview with him or something i'm like no i just think some i think it's too predictable or i don't know why but uh yeah i like how we're picking the guys like caruso and rondo the guys people don't want (laughs) yeah it's funny because i was like oh lebron's gonna get taken and anthony davis did get taken right away but i was like how wait no one's picked lebron yet okay yeah i I hope he's last i hope we pick zach norvell jr and taylor horton tucker before him yeah i mean basically silverscreenroll.com is a profile on lebron james that's true so any anything he does is already covered anyways so all right, Alex, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. You can catch his work on silverscreenandroll.com. You wrote something really extensive about LeBron James the other day, right? Yeah, I kind of wrote about why next season should be kind of a return to form and why people should be excited about what he can do with this with this new squad and the additional help the, the spacing will provide him. Because, you know, a lot of times when he drove to the paint last season, he kind of was met with this this huge wall of bodies and sometimes mostly... His own teammates were also in the way in the, in the paint. So just having this extra spacing around him and a guy like Anthony Davis who kind of helped carry some of the offensive load will will definitely keep him fresh and look back to kind of the old days, I think. Yeah, for sure. So go check that out on silverscreenroll.com. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet and uh, rate and review while you're there. Might as well. So uh, I'm at AlexPadilla86. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Send us your show names and maybe one day we'll have a show name. <laughs> All right, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, man. Thanks again. All right, man. Thanks.